You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. If you're an introvert who has always struggled with the loud, bubbly, super social, or dynamic version of confidence often portrayed in the media, Stephanie Michelle is here to rock your world and give you a confidence boost while we're at it. Steph is a Forbes-featured leadership and life coach and the best-selling author of the networking book, Confident Introvert. She's facilitated over 1,000 events to help people generate meaningful connections with themselves and others, and she's got quite a few tricks up her sleeve to help you know yourself better and share yourself with others more confidently than ever before. In today's episode, we talk about calm as the basis of confidence, conversation starters for more genuine and authentic connections, especially at networking events, and Stephanie also passes along some personal favorite exercises for confidence building, like the solitude sandwich, the daily three, two, one, the big light secret, and more. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Stephanie. Hello, Erica. Welcome to Thrive. I'm so pumped you're here. We're talking all about connection today and confidence and how to connect better with people and more meaningfully, well, not only with other people, but also with yourself. So I think it's going to be a really awesome, enriching conversation for everyone. But first and foremost, introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about your journey from going from feeling really disconnected and not confident to the total opposite. Wow. Okay. Hello. I'm Stephanie Michelle. I'm a leadership and life coach, author of Confident Introvert. But yeah, way back in the day before those things, um, I would feel a total lump in my throat <laughs> before public speaking or anything like that. I was kind of like, wait, can can the power just conveniently go out right now? That would be so much better than me like doing my elevator pitch at this event. <laughs> and yeah, I definitely have come a long way um, in my own personal development. And I also relayed that with clients and yeah, kind of touching on what you brought up, the base is establishing a sense of calm, building confidence on top of that, then establishing connections and rising into leadership. So it's, that's pretty much the framework that I use for myself and with clients. Yeah. So where, what kind of got you started on this journey? Because I know you had felt not this way before. So what shifted or changed for you or what sparked the change where you were like, you know what, I'm, I'm on this journey now from feeling one way to feeling the opposite, because I feel like that can feel so impossible for so many women where they're like, dude, I can't even imagine feeling more comfortable and confident than I am right now. If they're in that place of feeling that lump in your throat. So walk us through what that, what that transition was like for you. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, so there's environment as a factor, there's mindset as a factor. So I know that, um, sometimes we have little nuggets in our mindset that aren't even necessarily ours. Maybe someone potentially even well-meaning said something to us years and years and years ago, something about our worth, something about our value to society, something about our voice. (laughs) And we internalize it as being our truth 
when it's actually not the truth. So I certainly growing up accumulated some limiting beliefs that were actually not my truth. <laughs> and what it took was really questioning them, changing my environment and being out in the world and actually questioning, wait a second, is this actually how people see me? Is this actually how I am? That can be the first step inquiry, getting curious where maybe if you have been inundated with judgment or whether that judgment is, you know, of yourself or other people, right. Just kind of getting curious instead. And I remember beginning to ask, huh, what would it be like if I, if everyone in this room wanted me to succeed, what would it be like if everyone in this room liked me? And of course, that's not how it's always going to be. But to even entertain that idea was a catalyst for me. And I began to show up in a way where it's like, oh yeah, everyone likes me. But actually, most importantly, I liked myself. I got to know myself and I, what, I no longer was seeking that approval that actually keeps it so much further away from you where you can identify like, wait, I have some quirks, but is that bad? No, I'm going to own it. I'm going to embrace it. And it's this beautiful ripple effect when you actually begin to identify maybe what's a little different about yourself that you can allow to shine instead of hide that really empowers other people to let more of their quirks show. Yes. Oh, there was so much goodness in what you just said, but I want to highlight something because you mentioned if something is your truth or not. And I think that that's a word or a phrase that gets thrown around so much in today's society. And it almost drives me a little crazy because I think we've taken it to the extreme in some ways where we think, well, this is just my truth. Mm -hmm. Forgetting that that might not be like capital T truth. Mm -hmm. Like there's what you think is real. And then there's like, what's really actually real. <laughs> So I think we can, we can fall into this trap of thinking, oh, well, yeah, this is just, this is how I am, or this is how things are, or this is what I believe. And that's the truth. But like, if we're not willing to actually question that and see, and, and let it not be the truth and let there be something maybe uncomfortable, but maybe more true, be the overarching capital T truth, then we end up missing out and living our lives thinking one thing. And it could, it totally doesn't have to be that way. Like you said, like it's being willing to question what you thought was the ultimate and letting something else take its place. If it's, if it's meant to be, I think that's such a powerful, such a powerful thing. That's, and like you said, the same way that everyone in the room might like you, oftentimes I feel like we all approach it, assuming the opposite and assuming the worst being, we walk in and we're like, Oh, everybody's looking at me weird or everybody must think I'm this. Or like you said, honing in on the quirks or thinking the negative. And that's not necessarily the truth. Like you said, it's, it's, that's just a possibility, but it's not the only possibility. And it's a matter of intentionally choosing which perspective we look at that with and, oh gosh, that's so good. Yeah. I love what you brought up actually. Oh my gosh. A lot of good stuff that you just brought up. So, so it's like uppercase T lowercase T with truth. Just so a big part of discerning discernment is so key and understanding like, wait, what is your definitive truth? That is such a question. I totally agree that it does get thrown around where sometimes people use it as, oh, well, I'm just being not nice because it's my truth. It's like, excuse me. No, we don't need to, to throw that out there. That's not your ultimate truth, by the way. Um, when it comes to 
fixed mindset versus growth mindset. So Carol Dweck, um, I, and I've studied a, a bit of her work and it goes into this concept of, you know, and when it comes to personality, right, that can be a question itself, right? Like, wait, is that a fixed trait? Is that something that you can grow in or out of? That That's something that I definitely talk a lot about regularly. Um, but a part of having a growth mindset is understanding the potential to maybe you were born into a certain set of circumstances. Um, maybe you, you know, were dealt a certain hand of cards where growth mindset says like, sure. Okay. You have to work with those cards to an extent, but you can also switch some cards out. You're not totally stuck and set being the way that, you know, it, it's the way that things look in the very beginning. It doesn't need to look like that in the middle of that. Yes. So good. And so true. Love that differentiation. It's so important. What do you think holds so many women back from feeling and being confident and from confidently connecting with other women? Do you think it's more of fixed versus growth mindset or do you think it's something else entirely? Let's see, when it comes specifically to women connecting with other women, oh my goodness, there's a lot we could dive into here when it comes to, um, you know, your own relationship with your mother. That's one thing we probably won't dive too deeply into, but that's something to assess. Um, You know, that is your relationship with the feminine and externalized. So any thoughts that you have, you know, it, it can be a very charged relationship. So again, getting curious. I'm all about replacing judgment with curiosity because that's how we can grow. That's how those shadowy parts of ourselves that maybe we've disowned or maybe we thought were bad. That's how we get to integrate them and actually show up as a whole person that, you know, you could say that is flawed, or I like to say that has some quirks. We all have Mm -hmm. our quirks and the more understanding and aware that we are of our own quirks, the more likely we are to not be triggered by them and other people because we see ourselves in them. Mm, That's so good. So in talking confidence, what does that really mean and look like to you, especially since you're so big on owning your quirks? um, And since your book is called Confident Introvert, I think that this is going to be an especially awesome conversation and perspective here too about the different types of confidence, because I feel like there's so many misconceptions that confidence shows up is it's this loud and extroverted and super social and dynamic voice when really there's, there's such beauty and quiet confidence as well. So talk to us about that. What confidence really looks like and means and truly is to you as well. Yes. So there is this picture of this sort of grandiose depiction of confidence where sometimes that can actually be a cover-up for a lack of confidence, right? When someone is so in your face and so like, Hey, look at me, but not, there's nothing natural about it, right? Where it's completely put on. And then if that response that they really wanted isn't achieved, then the confidence goes away because it wasn't actually real or rooted in the first place. So, um, yeah, that's one of the, one of the keys of, you know, let's, we could call it quiet confidence. We could call it introverted confidence is that underlying sense of calm where there isn't this sense of manic, like, oh my gosh, like this frenetic energy where, yeah, there's, there's a sense of, oh, like here we are, like I'm on a stage, 
cool. There's an element of presence and you're just, um, and you, there are lots of techniques um, that I use to promote the sense of calm, such as uh, the breath of four, 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 breathing in through the nose for four counts, pausing that breath and exhaling, doing that a few times will really help reset your parasympathetic nervous system and all that good stuff. Um, and then, yeah, on top of that baseline sense of calm or the alleviation of social anxiety is building up a sense of confidence and that can show up, you know, there's research that has been, um, you know, kind of controversial research, Amy Cuddy power poses <laughs> where, you know, some of that has been debunked, but there's a key part of the study that hasn't been debunked that I'd like to really emphasize, which is the psychological impact of posture and holding a power pose. So whether other people are really perceiving you in X, Y, Z way, you know, the way that we carry ourselves can make a huge impact in how we feel and thus other people see us. Um, but yeah, I, I typically like to focus on social confidence specifically rooted in a sense of calm that then enables you because there isn't about you're not so concerned or preoccupied with how you're coming across that really erodes connection where it becomes more about, more ego-based really, where you're like, wait, how do I look? How is this person thinking about me? Versus actually feeling your own feelings, let them feel their feelings, you feel your feelings. And then you're able to actually bridge those gaps, find things that you have in common. And then we get further together, we're all better together, we're in this collectivistic society, no matter how individualistic it seems at times, then we help each other rise you know, and achieve those goals that we want to achieve in life. Yeah. That's so good. Give us, do you have any more um, tips now? Cause I'm curious on specific ways to really foster that sense of calm confidence besides the power posing and a specific breath exercise. Is there anything else that you personally love to help be actually calm and confident at the same time in the same moment? Yeah. Okay. There are a couple of things that come to mind. So first I'll share a solitude sandwich and, mm -hmm. you know, in a culture that is so obsessed with doing literally being human doings, running around, doing their human things, right. Where this concept allows us to be a human being again <laughs> and not have this facade of being an energizer bunny. Cause I don't know about you, but sometimes there have been times where I feel like, wow, I'm probably actually an energizer bunny because I'm just like not stopping and I'm so productive and I'm in the zone. But then, especially if you get your energy from solitude, you're more naturally introverted, then you can hit a wall. And, you know, have you ever been at an event even where all of a sudden you're like, wow, I need to go home right now. <laughs> like my juice is gone. The switch happens. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's so to avoid that from happening, cause that can be, it's not fun first of all. And other people it can be alarming. People are like, Whoa, like this person, the life is just out of them. What happened? So to avoid that whole situation, um, I advise having a sandwich. There are no carbs in the sandwich. So basically it's the middle part is your activity. And then on either end, the bread, that is your solitude. So let's say maybe you want an hour on either end of like a three hour event. Maybe if you're doing a Zoom interview, maybe you wanna have 15 minutes as a buffer, really kind of play around with different ratios, but this will both um, 
amp up your energy reserves and also enable you to have a buffer to refill your reserves after an event that can be, um, you know, it can be really fun, but sometimes, yeah, these, these things can take away from our energy bank. And so we need to be mindful um, of our energy in that way to, to stay fully present so that people keep on thinking that confident introverts are extroverts. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I remember I was shocked when I discovered that I personally am, I think, an introvert simply because of what I need to recharge, because there's so many misconceptions around if you're social and loud and whatever, then you are extroverted, but learning that it's actually more about what fuels you up and where you get your energy from was like the magic. That was like the magic bullet for me because I was like, oh my gosh, I actually need to be by myself completely to recharge. So the idea of a solitude sandwich, I'm like, wow, that sounds completely blissful and like exactly the thing that I <laughs> that I need before events. So that's a goodie. Yay. And you know, and when it comes to also, um, let's say if you, uh, if, that you'd like to sort of reinvigorate creative pursuits, but you feel like you're kind of blocked. So that's a question that I get a lot in, in my coaching work where it's like, wait a sec, I feel like I'm not really having access to that creative energy. You know, there's some sort of blockage. Then I recommend what's called the daily three, two, one. Um, so basically it's uh, 30 minutes of reading, 20 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of meditation. And what this does is it gives us the ability to receive information through reading, you know, and I'm not going to say it needs to be this type of book or that thing, be magazine, I don't really care, as long as you're, you know, allowing something to your brain, right? And then journaling, sometimes we have ruminating thoughts that can kind of take up space and keep us from being fully present with whatever we'd like to achieve, right? So, just writing down, let's say, whatever's in our heads anyway on repeat, just to allow it to expel itself. And then last but not least is that sort of integration piece of we have our input and our output. And then being able to sit in silence, there are a few different ways that we can do this. I personally don't think you need to do Vipassana, which is like, don't move a muscle. Um, I think it's okay to control your breath instead and let yourself, yourself move a little bit if you'd like to. But um, yeah, that that's another sort of trick of the trade. One hour where you can do the daily three, two, one to reinvigorate creativity. Or if you have a hard time sleeping, which kind of can derail everything, then um, it's also tech free. So you can do it in the one hour before bed to lessen that blue light and allow yourself to sleep better. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So for anyone listening in, maybe feeling unsure of what they could or should be confident in, in the first place, give us a step-by-step for uncovering or discovering that and really believing it. Because obviously if we don't believe it, then all of any trick or trick, any trick in the trade is just going to feel like a bunch of baloney. So do you have any favorite ways to kind of identify, all right, this is, this is what I should be confident in. Yes. Okay. So that's such a great question. Uh, because when it comes to being confident, it doesn't just come 
totally out of nowhere. Of course, we all have inherent worth as human beings, but again, going back to our culture, that's kind of a doing culture. Um, if you are creating something or doing something of value, let's say that you have a business, you have a side business, you know, that that's one sort of externalized sense of confidence, but we're kind of getting a little deeper, right? More because we've learned through all the shifts over the past, you know, year and a half and some change that there are some things that are out of our control. And if we place our confidence in those things, then when, when they shift or they go away, then the confidence goes with it. So, um, so for example, you know, when I very first started going to networking events, I've hosted over a thousand networking events, but in the beginning of my journey, my goal was to ensure that I helped one other person at the event feel more connected and comfortable. So it was, it was almost like I was on a mission. I was like, okay, let's find someone who appears like they could be more uncomfortable than me <laughs> and just kind of be that person that's like, hey, like striking, striking up a conversation, finding something in common. Um, and, you know, th that can be a place to begin where this isn't to say to totally discard your own thoughts and feelings. They absolutely matter. But let's say through the connection lens, especially right now, so many people are feeling disconnected or feeling lonely so many people are feeling like, hey, their confidence could use a boost. <laughs> so to sort of um, what, what can be really helpful when even you feel like you're struggling with those things is to help someone else achieve a similar result. That there's something in um, being in that sort of self-appointed leadership role where you're like, hey, I'm going to make someone's day better. I'm going to lead by example. And yeah, just once you, another way to increase confidence is once you understand what your gifts are, or once you have identified, let's say even a cause that really lights you up to take proactive steps towards making a positive impact. And again, it doesn't have to be this huge grandiose, like, okay, we'll go and start your nonprofit right now. <laughs> like, I mean, that could be part of it. It could be, but it's all about daily daily steps that let you know that you're contributing to something greater. And, you know, I, I work with entrepreneurs, but also entrepreneurs. So this term, it, it's really commonly used in Silicon Valley, hasn't totally taken off <laughs> more broadly, but it essentially is an ambitious nine to fiver. So, you know, whether you have your own company, whether you are employed, an employee, you have access to making a, a broader impact and identifying that ambition within yourself and looking for ways that you can really harness it to provide value and an impact beyond your immediate life. Yeah, that's great too, because I love that the emphasis is not supposed to be on, like you said, what you're doing, because I think that's so often we think of, okay, well, what are, what should I be confident in? Well, what are my accomplishments? And we, we yeah. automatically draw a line between the two and it's like, well, what does my resume say? Well, that's what I should be confident in. But like you said, things can get taken away if they're, if they're of that nature. So instead, if the, if the focus can be shifted on 
what are the traits that I have that are just elements of who I am as a human being? Like, like you said, the ability to connect well with someone else and make them feel comfortable. That's a highly underrated thing. Like, oh my goodness. I feel like if we've all, if any of us have been in that position of being the person who was clearly uncomfortable or wanted to be anywhere else, but where we were, and someone was able to spot that, come over and make us feel better and not like we wanted to immediately leave our skin and exit stage left. Like that's a huge thing because it really can change the entire tone of not just your day, but maybe your week and like everything else that transpires thereafter. So I think there's so many little underrated or maybe undervalued just actual traits as a human being, whether that's how thoughtful you are or how kind or how good of a listener you are, things that anybody can have or also foster if you have that growth mindset and work on, man, that's like the golden ticket for really like stepping into the next level of confidence. See, I I love you brought that up. Um, You know, when it comes to creativity, right? So there can be a flow state that Mm -hmm. you enter when it's, and you know, we're all creative, whether you got an A plus in our class or not, does not matter. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's less about it, whether it's turned into an accomplishment. However, you can do that, right? You can write something and turn it into a book and it becomes an accomplishment. But, you know, let's say that you enjoy the process of singing. You enjoy the process of, you know, of creation, you know, digitally, whatever it is, when it becomes less about how are people going to perceive this and more about the process and then putting things out there like as a bid for potential connection, right? Where it's, it becomes less about, oh, I want an accolade and a reward for this and more about, you know what? If there's one person that, that sees this, that hears this, that resonates with it, that's what it's about. And you know, that's one thing that we always have access to our creativity, you know, what lights us up, what allows us to enter flow state where it's not about trying so hard. It's about just connecting even more deeply with that innate humanness. Like we, we are here, we create things. Yeah. So on that note of connection, whether that's connecting with a potential friend or a future coworker at a networking event or a hot guy at the bar, like whatever it might be, what is the basis for a solid foundation for connecting human to human from all of the work that you've done and seen? Introspection. So knowing who the heck you are, and it may seem like it's not related to that hot guy, bar but let me tell you (laughs) yeah you know yeah it's it's one of those situations where you know there can be I think I touched on it earlier this externalization of being curious about other people but not knowing ourselves that's not going to do us any good right that's not true connection that's maybe one-sided connection but can it is it even really connection if it's one-sided? No, the whole nature of the word is that there's, um, you know, this bridge that's gapped on either end. So understanding what your values are, and sometimes it can be about really getting quiet. And, you know, there's um, something that um, I like to walk clients through is also, it's called finding your big light secret, because sometimes the things 
that we carry the most shame about. The things that we have rejected within ourselves are actually a strength or a way in which we can't connect. And Brene Brown, you know, she goes into this in a lot of depth as well, shame and vulnerability research. Um, and the things that we keep hidden that we think are so horrible about ourselves that, oh my gosh, if people only knew this about me, then they would know that I wasn't worthy of connection. They wouldn't want to be my friend. They wouldn't want to date me. Once we begin to take a look at those things and really identify, wait, in what way is that thing actually not bad about me? And it can seem far-fetched, but to actually frame it as a superpower or maybe a vulnerability that once you fully own it, then it becomes a strength. And this isn't to say, tell everyone your deepest, darkest secrets right now. <laughs> that, that's definitely not the takeaway. But when you begin to lessen the charge, even within yourself, and then you get to a place where trusted friends, you can talk about it. And it's not this deep, dark secret. You know, through my work with the coaching clients, you might be surprised. There are more people out there living with these secrets that they perceive as being so shameful when I know when I hear these secrets, it's not to diminish that, oh, that was a bad experience or a bad thing, but it's like, wait, no, this doesn't make you bad. So, you know, sure, you can, you can have someone that tells you that, but just having that honest dialogue within yourself and not having shame about getting help. If you would like to sort of navigate those darker parts to be able to illuminate them so that you're able to just sort of show up in social environments, knowing who you are, expressing who that is, and you know, where the possibility of rejection exists, the possibility of being embraced for who you truly are exists. And not feeling like you need to change who you are in real time to make somebody else feel more comfortable or like you more or whatever the case might be. Mm, snaps for that. Yes. There's one thing about being, um, you know, being accommodating (laughs) and and it's a balancing act, right? I'm not going to say, you know, just be your 100% abrasive self 100% of the time, no matter what. It's like, no, it's a part of being human and coexisting to sort of acclimate to different environments. But we want to be careful of not being a total chameleon to the point Mm -hmm. where we don't know who we are. Yeah. Absolutely. So hit it home for us. If you, if we want to show up more confidently and authentically as our best, truest self and deeply connect with others as such, what is your recipe for making that happen? Or do you have any favorite, I don't know, like conversation starters or ways to think of, or ease into that, that scenario? If you're like, all right, I'm here, I'm me, this is who it is. Let's, time to deeply connect with somebody else. Let's make it happen. Yes. Okay. So let's say you've done that introspection work and, you know, something that is not to go unnoticed is actually sometimes being the person that takes initiative and to put yourself in environments where the connections are possible. So for example, if you want to go on a date with that hot guy at the bar, you got to go to the bar first, right? Or if you want to make new friends, then, you know, whether it be a virtual space, whether that be an in-person space. And again, to get curious, maybe you've gone to some of these places, you've had experiences that were not so great. 
having fresh eyes and bringing your fresh perspective everywhere you go. And, you know, to the, to the point of starting conversations, it's, it can be really popular to start conversations based on shared complaints, right? So, mm. you know, back in the day, it was all about traffic, weather, oh, you know, everyone's just like not loving the situation and talking about it and maybe even laughing. But it's like, you know, I don't want to connect with people on stuff we don't like, <laughs> even though there are studies that show that, oh, it's, it's a way to bond. Guess what? It's also a way to bond when you talk about the things that you do like and want more of in your life. And our words are so powerful um, that it, it, it makes sense. If you want more good things in your life, this isn't toxic positivity. It's not ignoring things that are not great. It's simply shining a light when you first meet someone um, on things that you want more of in your life. It, it's yeah, classic yeah. NLP, like giving time and energy and attention to things that you would like to grow. So one of my favorite conversation starters that uh, I recommend is around what's something that is really, what's something that's exciting you most in your life right now? So this is a great question because it's open-ended, uh, it's positively skewed, and it's not necessarily work-focused. People can talk about work, but they can talk about, you know, pretty much anything that, that's making them happy. And it's also leading with emotion. So essentially you're giving people an opportunity to go through a thought process that they may not have actually thought of without your guidance in that situation. So allowing people the opportunity to really be intuitive and express the first thing that comes up when they're asked about something that they're excited about. It could be a travel, it could be a creative project, you just never know where that conversational starter will lead you. Yeah. That's awesome too, because I, my husband and I have seen this with friend groups all the time where it, it almost sets the tone for what the entirety of that group's conversation is. So it's like, we have friend groups where we know, okay, this group, they don't really talk about work or pleasure. They just kind of complain about other people. And that's, the horrible tone that's set in that group where if you don't have something negative to say about someone down the street, it's like, what are you even doing there? And we've totally distanced ourselves from that group at this point, because we're like, well, that's not the attitude that we have, or that we want to be, that's not the energy we want to be putting out there in the world for sure. But that's, that is the tone of all of the conversations that people have in that group now where they, it's such a negative thing where you're almost the outlier if you do approach it with the positive, okay, what are you excited about sort of thing? And on the flip side, I feel like we've all been in groups where work is the only thing that people talk about. And it's like, the first thing is, well, how was what's going on at work or how was work today or what's going on at work? And it, like you said, doesn't allow for any space for there to be anything else. So I love the emotive uh, aspect there in terms of leaving it open-ended and kind of determining the tone that the emotion will be ahead of time so that you get something that people are excited to talk about. Because I know I've asked a similar question to people before and they look shocked, like, mm -hmm. oh, what's something that's okay. And like, you automatically see people look a little lighter as they start to think about things that are making them happy. Whereas if you ask someone, 
oh, what's, you know, the weather sucks. This sucks. Everything sucks. You just get a lot of downtrodden. Yup. Everything sucks. And that's the tone. So I think that's really solid advice for people. And I've stuff I've definitely seen play out, um, in real life many times. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's so real, right. That sometimes we can be used to those environments where it's like, well, we just talk about the things we don't like. And, you know, when, when you start to adopt this mindset, not everyone's going to like it, right? Some people have no desire to really dive into, Hey, what is going right? (laughs) Or what, what do I like? Because not everyone necessarily feels empowered to make those changes, but it, it becomes a choice when you decide that you want to focus on, you know, more of a growth mindset and things that you're bringing into your life, you'll sometimes have new types of people that you, that are attracted to that side of you. Absolutely. So Stephanie, I want to ask you something that I ask everyone on thrive to wrap things up. And that is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Thriving to me means being fully present and understanding your values, actively living them out and being fully connected to the spiritual, physical, emotional experience of being alive right now. And how I thrive in my daily life is by ensuring that I move every day and do something creative, um, you know, take some time to myself if I need it or reach out and have a conversation with someone that lights me up. So yeah, that, those are a few examples. I love that. Well, tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more. Yes. Okay. So one of the ways that you can um, stay connected with me is through my email list. That is at thestephaniemichelle.com slash freebie. Surprise. There's also a freebie um, a confidence boost meditation that you'll get when you sign up for my email list. And I'm also debuting the Confident Introvert Mastermind, a group coaching experience that goes into a lot more depth with what we've talked about so far. And to learn more about that, you can go to thestephaniemichelle.com slash CIM. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.